Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dana Buckler Show. My name is Dana, and I am pleased to be joined by one of our great friends of the podcast, Mr. Adam Risky. How are you today, sir? I'm good. How are you doing today, Dana? You know, I'm, I'm hanging in there. That, that's the best way I can put it. I've been in self-isolation since Friday. This is Thursday, so I'm, I'm in day number six. And I, I just want to say something really interesting. And I, wanna, I, I know you had mentioned before we started recording that you're, you're working from home. I yeah. am currently, and I'm not looking for sympathy, this is just the reality, I'm currently unemployed for the first time in my adult life, and because I have no routine and no schedule, really weird things are starting to happen to me. I'm waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning now, or 5 o'clock in the morning, and just getting up and, and making my coffee, and just kind of enjoying the day, and taking multiple naps in the afternoon, and going to bed at 8.30, like, I'm retired I'm semi-retired right now, and it's the weirdest thing in the world. Like, I, I have no focus. I have no schedule. I have no routine. So, I have to yeah. I, I have to ask you, you know, what's it like for you up in Illinois? Um, well, our state has been progressive compared to other states in terms of uh, taking the proper precautions uh, with COVID-19. So, it, it started to... I can kind of give you, it's sort of an interesting story of like when it became real here. So um, this was maybe two weeks ago. It was what, maybe March 11th. And I went to see The Hunt for Red October for the first time in a theater. First time ever seeing the movie. Oh, wait, you've never and seen the movie it. before? I am a giant uh, Jack Ryan fan. And I've seen the Harrison Ford ones before and some of all fears and shadow recruits. And <laughs> I just never got around to the hunt for Red October. Okay. Okay. So, so, so I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. So you, you definitely have to tell me your thoughts on the film after you after you've mentioned this. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll just talk. I mean, I, I don't have anything all that novel about to say about it. I thought it was incredible. And, um, one of the it's probably my second favorite submarine movie after crimson tide sure. at this point which i don't think could ever be top just because i think it's a great movie and I, I also just have like a ton of history with it so um yeah i i love the movie and then i went to see it and i i you know the credits rolled and it was one of those things where it was a chicago critics screening so they have a q a and discussion afterwards so i'm sitting there and just waiting for that to start and then I bring up um, on Twitter, and in the past two hours, Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson have coronavirus, and the NBA season is suspended. And I was just like, oh, wow. Like, the, the, the rumblings are the real now. And after that, I had one more day of work in the office and everybody was kind of on edge the whole day and wondering like, you know, when is our company going to tell us to start working from home? I opted to work from home the next day on Friday the 13th. Um, our company officially made it so on Monday the 16th. And then they said initially, um, you know, we'll try to come back to work on April 6th, but now it's sounding more like sometime in mid-May. And Illinois has been, like I mentioned, they're pretty progressive. Um, so our governor uh, uh, has been very ahead of the curve in terms of, you know, the isolation and state shelter in place got put in place last weekend. So I've been basically staying inside if I do 
go out, it's just to go to a, like a doctor appointment or to go to pick up dinner or just to go on like an idle drive to nowhere in particular. Like last Sunday, I drove to an independent league baseball stadium about 30 minutes away from me and just sat in the parking lot for five minutes. And I'm like, well, that was a thing. And I just drove home. <laughs> I, I have found myself, uh, I go for walks now because yeah. I, I, there's no, okay. So, so Florida has not got gone into a shelter in place across the state. There are certain counties like Orange County where Orlando is tonight at 11, the shelter in place rule goes into, into effect. Um, mm. I live 50 miles north of there and no such rule is in effect here. However, like I was sitting outside this afternoon drinking coffee been drinking a lot of coffee i might add there's nothing else to do and i said you know uh, i gotta get out of here i gotta do something but there's, yeah. there's really nothing to do the theaters are all closed i mean the drive-in theater's still open but uh, you know i'm not uh there's no first run movie showing and i'm sure i'd have a bad experience anyway if history's any indicator of of my my luck at the theater so dana you need to do that for me because i would jump all over going to a drive-in even by myself right now i know <laughs> I just, I just, just wait maybe another week we give it another week and then yeah that sounds incredible right now <laughs> <laughs> you know what i might give it another week but i just didn't want to see bloodshot you know whatever was showing there um, that was the last yeah, I saw before isolation. It was like my New Year's Eve isolation type movie. <laughs> so the only place that I've gone in this six day period is to the grocery store a couple of times. And yeah. it's been the big grocery store chain here in the southeastern United States is called Publix. And, you know, it, think of like a Kroger. I'm sure they've got those up in Illinois. Like it's, you know, it's a big, big grocery chain. And mm -hmm. you go there and they don't have anything. I mean, don't get me wrong. I say that, okay, they don't have the essential items. They don't have the toilet paper or the water or, you know, meats like chicken or ground beef or, or anything like that. But you can get plenty of, uh, you can get plenty of like food. Like it's not like there's a lack of food there. They just can't get the basic essentials that everyone's been hoarding. But they limit you to, you know, two of any particular item. So I'm trying to grab a bunch of, you know, stuff to stock up in my kitchen in the event that we do go into this big lockdown or if heaven forbid society just breaks down and I'm gonna not leave my house for three or four weeks. So I go down to one aisle and I get two cans of Campbell's soup and I get two cans of Chef Boyardee. And I'm mm -hmm. like doing my checkout and I've just put the cans up and the little cashier behind there, little guy goes, uh, I'm sorry, sir, you know, you can only get one of each or, or two of, you know, you can only have two of these items. And I was just like, no, no, no. No, um, one soup, one Chef Boyardee. You know, one's yeah. Italian and, and one soup. And it's not even Italian soup. And I was like arguing with him, but not like in an aggressive way, but like just kind of pleading yeah. with him. So I opted to go with the Chef Boyardee and I had to give up on the Campbell soup. And that was just, you know, one experience. So let me ask you this. What are the grocery stores like up there right now? Um, I've gone a few times. I tend to go like in off hours and um, they... Mo with the exception of like paper towels, I haven't really had a difficult time finding what I'm looking for, but I think I'm going for stuff that most people aren't. So like, I'm not really going for a lot of fresh foods. I'm going for more packaged foods. And then 
I have that for breakfast and for for lunch. And then I'm just kind of of the mind that I want to support a lot of the local restaurants in the area that I live. So I've been getting takeout for dinner most nights. Okay, well, that's awesome. And and, and, and I will say to you know anyone that's listening, if you, if you have the opportunity to support the local restaurants and, and local being the key, right? If you have that option, uh, the restaurant yeah. I work at, we we made the decision just based on the numbers that we were running that we just we wouldn't be able to maintain doing takeout. So that's why we just closed the restaurant and laid the staff off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you were telling me a little bit about that before we started rolling. Um, I My heart goes out to anybody in that position. That's that's rough. Uh, one thing I will say though is in a couple of the local spots that I've gone to that was still doing like delivery or takeout or curbside, um, I bought a gift certificate from one of them. It's a diner that I go to about once every two weeks. Um, and I know all the people there and I bought a gift certificate for $50. And when I did that, they were so happy that they gave me like a bunch of free food <laughs> That's just awesome. that was going. So, I mean, like I, if you have a relationship with some, some restaurants of folks that, you know, you see regularly by dining at these establishments, you know, they might throw you a bone if you throw them one. So yeah, no, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, I want to tell you one quick story, uh, on Saturday, we closed the restaurant on Friday. I went up there on Saturday to kind of help the owners sort of get the place into sort of a, a, a lockdown or, or what we would sort of call like the hurricane setup, because in Florida, you have to prepare for hurricanes and sometimes you got to batten down the hatches. So I was there for a couple hours and we're, you know, bringing chairs in from the patio and literally chaining the doors. Like it was, it was kind of a surreal experience. And when I was leaving, I got in my car and I was driving down one of the main boulevards in the city I live in. And I, I happened to drive by uh, a grocery store chain called Save-A-Lot Food. And this is not the big grocery store chain. This was a much smaller chain. And do you have Aldi, Al, are they called Aldi's up there where you where you live? I do. I got a good Aldi story, so, but I'll, I'll tell you after, after your, your, uh, your so, finished tone. So, so this would be, I would call this... This kind of the same premise as an Aldi, but on a lower scale. All right, not as not as um, what's the word? It's not as high end as the Aldi. From this is mm-hmm. you know, but you know, I I needed some items, and I drove by, and I noticed there wasn't a lot of people in the parking lot. So I said, you know what? What the hell? Let me just go in there and just just see what they've got. Now I've never been to one of these stores before, so this was a, this was a new experience for me. I walk in the door, sliding doors, and I go to grab a shopping cart, and I pull on the cart, and it's chained up. And it requires a quarter to take the, 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 the grocery cart out. And I said, well, that's interesting. Now, do they put that in place just because of everything that's going on? They think that people are going to be stealing the carts? Or, or apparently this is just the way they do business there. So I didn't have any change on me. So I pulled a dollar bill out of my pocket. And I walked into the grocery store. And I w- noticed that there was a cashier that had three empty shopping carts around her little cash register. So I walked up and I just very politely said, is it okay if I have one of these? And she said, well, it's going to cost you a quarter. And I said, well, okay, okay. I, I handed her a dollar and I said, can I get change? She goes, well, somebody needs to buy something. I can't open my register. And I said, oh, okay. So I just <laughs> laid the dollar on the on her register. I said, you can just keep, the, just keep it. It's fine. Can I take one? She's like, go ahead. And I'm going down these aisles. Now, what they're doing is... Along with the items being stocked up on the aisle shelves, they also have right down the entire center of the aisle 
like display setups or just sort of boxes lined up. So when you go down one of these aisles, it's like picking a lane in traffic. Like you're not going to be able to turn your grocery cart around. So when you go down an aisle, you've committed. And I went down one of these aisles and I looked as a, as a little old lady came down the aisle, my same aisle towards me. And then someone came in the aisle behind me and they were just, you know, shopping and they were looking at items. And I was, I was literally trapped in there. Like I couldn't turn the cart around. And I had to wait a few minutes to get out of that situation. Now, I also understand that, you know, these are challenging times for everybody. So I'm trying to not lose it. I'm just like, okay, all right. Well, you know, this is this was my fault for, for, for committing to this aisle, you know, the lesson learned. So I finally see my opportunity to get out and I start to kind of round the corner and I see sort of the meat display case. Now, I've been to Publix a couple times and those cases are empty and from maybe 50 feet away, I could see that this thing was stocked to the brim with items. And I said, well, at the very least, I'm just going to get some, some chicken or something, something to put in the freezer. And as I get a little bit closer, I start to notice something unusual about these items that are in this meat display case. And I get a little closer and a little closer and I look and they only had two items available. It was either turkey necks or pig's feet. Mm. And that is all they had. Hundreds of them. And that was that moment. That was that moment where I said, "I think it's time to go. I think it's time to leave here." So I just left. I just sort of turned the shopping cart around, empty, mind you, brought it right back up to the cashier, told her to keep the dollar. It's fine, and I exited out of there. Now, I'm from Canada originally, so this is all foreign to me. I didn't I, like. There's, I, I don't even know how to explain it, Adam. Like, I've never seen this, like, like these pig's feet, like the whole thing, like the hoof and all. Like, I, I've never seen anything like this before. So that was my little shopping experience. Yeah, it's a, it's a wilderness out there. <laughs> um, do you have, you have Target, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I found a lot of stuff by going to Target, like kind of a far out Target. So if you have any that are kind of in the middle of nowhere, even better. Um, at like eight in the morning on a Saturday and they were like pretty stocked of most things. Awesome. You know, I would give that, I'm going to give that a look. You know, the, the Publix, the here Publix is here in Florida. Their, their slogan is where shopping is a pleasure. And I, I'm, I'm not sure what save a lot slogan is, slogan is, but I'm pretty sure it's, we use the whole pig. I don't know. I'm just figuring it out. <laughs> So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, uh, it, I thought it was in poor taste that on the back of the frozen pig feet was a stuffed plush from the film Babe Pig in the City. <laughs> so, I had, I left there so frazzled and so shocked <laughs> because I'd never seen anything like this. Like, it was like just little hoofs and I was like, it was traumatizing to me. And so I, yeah. I left and I, I immediately got in my car and I called my girlfriend and, you know, she's born and raised in the south and i needed to verify that this was real like uh like i wasn't being fucked with here like this was a real thing and she assured me that in the south that is actually something that people eat and i was dumbfounded and i've lived down here 22 years and it was never something i've experienced before i don't know i mean that's what hot sauce is for <laughs> so so let me ask you this. What's what's the general mood like amongst your friends up there? I mean, I know that you, you, you know, the F This Movie community is very tight knit. And how many 
uh, in your estimation, like how many inside the F this movie community are, are local and in sort of in your area and how's everybody doing? I would say maybe two thirds of us are in the Chicagoland area. Um, that's maybe eight or nine of us. Um, and overall good. I mean, like we're checking in with each other pretty regularly and trying to organize like group movie watches and things like that. So we're trying to keep our spirits up. And um, that's sort of been the consensus with my friends and family. Like I'm talking to my my family every day. And I, last weekend, I had a couple of, uh, of movie days with friends of mine who typically come over to my place to watch movies. But in this case, um, we just watched them at the same time. And then we were texting through each of them. And I would build like YouTube playlists ahead of the movie uh, with trailers and just kind of like videos of inside jokes that we have amongst as friends and things like that. So it's been fun, like just trying to make kind of a day of it. Uh, it makes the time go by by fast. So uh Overall, I'd say knowing that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, um, uh, which is shelter in place and taking precautions, we're doing pretty well, I think, under the circumstances. It's tough not knowing, and this goes for everybody, it's tough not knowing when all of this will will get the all clear and we can kind of go back to the way things were um, for the most part. But uh, yeah, with the exception of a few like, isolated moments like i was telling you before we started rolling i've been having some like odd nightmares and things like that every once in a while like it's overall been about as positive as it could be yeah yeah and and i'd like to say that this is kind of a bad situation that we're all in but there's been some good i think that has come out of it i mean i know that i have found myself reaching out to a lot of people. I wouldn't say I've completely lost contact with just people I haven't talked to in a while. I'm certainly ta- mm-hmm. I'm certainly talking to my family a lot more. We're all in one group text together and you know, we all have a I think we all have a pretty good sense of humor and so we're just constantly sharing memes and and things like that and just trying to keep everyone's spirits up. Now it's it's interesting because we all live in Florida. We all live in different parts of Florida. For example, my mom lives in Sarasota, my brother lives in Fort Lauderdale, my brother my sister lives in Orlando. And, you know, like I can't go down and visit my mom right now because she's in her 70s and I've been working with the public. I was in Los Angeles for a little while. I mean, I was in L.A., L.A., you know, LAX, you know, you know, I was just, I was in a high risk kind of high risk areas for a while. And so, you know, I've made the decision not to go down and visit her because not at least not for a couple more weeks while I'm, while I'm practicing self-isolation here uh, because, you know, y- you can't take that chance. So we've really been communicating a lot more. And, you know, I just think that it's interesting that it takes a global pandemic to kind of bring us a little bit closer. And it's a shame that it took that. But I'm certainly talking to my friends and family a lot more. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of in a similar boat where I can't I, I live on my own also. So like I've been, you know, by myself in my place for for most of it. And uh it's different for sure. And yeah, you want to reach out because everybody's in the same situation and you want to catch up with people. And one thing that I will say has been an advantage is all the time that I didn't have before to really keep up with exercising every day or, you know, doing reading or cleaning up around the house or uh, things of that sort. I have time now. So I've been taking advantage of it, which is, 
um, kind of a fringe benefit. So I think when we finally come out of all this, hopefully I'll come out of it with some good new habits and I can take that as kind of a win. One of the things I've been saying for six and a half years of doing this show is I used to always kind of complain that, well, if I just had more time to work on the podcast, I think I could get a lot more content out. Well, now I do. Now I've got all kinds of time. I mean, this is, you know, this is one of, I think, four episodes that I'm going to be recording this week. And, and if you're listening to this the day that this comes out tonight at eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time, I'm doing my first ever live stream, you know, with Mike from the 20th Century Movie Club. We've got that all set up. It's going to be on YouTube, though. I'll include a link in this episode show notes. Again, that only applies if you're listening to this the day it comes out. That's something that I've been wanting to do for years. And it's like now all of a sudden... I've got the time to at least at least explore these things and see if it's something that I think would uh, make sense moving forward uh, long past when all of this situation is over with. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. And it gives you another opportunity to like interact with uh, the listeners of the show, which is something that I'm sure that everybody would would love to do. Yeah, I'm really excited. And this particular live stream is no set agenda other than just a Q&A. So we just invite everybody that, you know, if you're listening to this right now and it's it, it hasn't passed the deadline, come check it out. You know, I'm I'm going to be, a, I don't know if I want to do a, like a Reddit style AMA or anything like that, but uh, we'll, we'll definitely take your questions, especially your movie related questions. I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, Adam, if you're not doing anything tomorrow night, feel free to chime in and join the conversation. We'd love to have you. Oh, thank you. So now listen. Listen, Adam, the last few times you've been on the show, you've been so fantastic in giving me sort of your thoughts and, you know, your, your, your reviews, if you will, on theatrical released films. Now, as we all know, there's no movie theaters for us to go to, but there's still plenty of movies out there to watch. So I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind maybe recommending a few films that you've seen since you've been in the self-isolation like myself. Because I know that when we're done recording tonight, like I'm making dinner for myself and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch a movie. So, you know, can you offer us a few recommendations? Yeah, I can. Um, I haven't seen too much that is like a 2020 release, although I intend to soon, um, at least meaning at home with like kind of the new digital offerings of stuff that was in theaters. So I've rented The Way Back, but I haven't watched it yet. I've been waiting for like a night where I don't have anything else to do and I can just kind of sit and watch a movie. And then I want to watch Onward, but and I know that's available for rental, but it, they're going to put it on Disney Plus on April 3rd for free, so I might as well just wait a week. But uh, I have seen a few of the things that they have on streaming now, so I'm going through, let's see. I saw The Gentleman, which I know is available. Um, that's the new Guy Ritchie movie with Matthew McConaughey. It's very <laughs> much like Snatch or Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. It's kind of a throwback to his earlier stuff. And that is pretty enjoyable. It's a little um, uncomfortably retro in its attitudes. I'll put it that way okay. at times. <laughs> um, but it's not something that completely detracts from all enjoyment of the movie. So I would say that as a rental, it's, you know, you could do worse. I saw Birds of Prey in theaters, and I know that's available on demand. I thought that was okay. It's like the first 2.98 out of four star movie ever made. <laughs> um, where it's just like, oh my God, it's so close, but I can't say it's good. It's like pretty 
okay slash decent ish. Um, well, Margot I, Robbie's great. The movie's not okay. <laughs> well, I want to ask you. I want to ask you now. This is, of course, a. It's part of the same universe as Suicide Squad. Correct. Yeah. Okay, so the decision for them to go with the hard R rating, is it a hard R rating or is it a soft R rating? And do you think that was a smart decision or more of a gimmick based on some of the other R-rated uh, comic book films that have come out lately? It's not, it's like stiff R. It's not hard R, but it's not like flaccid R. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's why I can't be a movie critic. I talk <laughs> in these terms. It's, I don't know. I mean, there's there's a lot of, like, F-bombs, and there's a decent amount of violence that's graphic. It's not, it's, uh, it's not skipping. It's not a movie where you, like, it's PG-13, but then they decide to, like, throw in a couple of swear words, and then it's R. Right, okay. It, okay. it feels like it was always intended to be an R-rated movie. Okay, excellent. All right, uh... Is that then, is that franchise? Is it going to be a franchise? I mean, I don't think the movie performed particularly. I mean, I think it did decent numbers, but I mean, can you see this as being a continuing franchise? I don't think in this particular structure it will be. Um, where it's like you're going to bunch get a bunch of standalone Harley Quinn movies, but I think I know they're already making Suicide Squad two, and she's going to be in that as Harley Quinn. So. I think you'll see, you know, they'll kind of wait and see how that does. And then it'll determine if you see more of Margot Robbie in this character and other movies. But like you said, Birds of Prey didn't do all that well. So I'd be surprised if they made a follow up to this particular movie. Okay. All right. Excellent. So what do you got? What do you got next? I saw a movie on Netflix called Horse Girl with Alison Brie. And I think it's the best movie of 2020 so far. Okay. Um, it's a, a dark movie, so I don't know if it's something that really is what you would want to watch right now. Um, it's very much about just kind of a woman slowly losing her grip on reality. Um, and it reminded me a lot of the movie May and movies like Repulsion and things like that. So I, I found it to be really good, and I think Alison Brie is like really terrific in it. Um, and that's on Netflix uh, I saw um, Sonic the Hedgehog in theaters. I think that comes on digital on the 31st. And I thought that was better than it probably had any right to be. It's It doesn't feel like a movie only made for kids. Um, and it's got like kind of a good heart to it. So it's not trying to be like Deadpool snarky or anything like that too. It knows like, oh, okay, well this is Sonic the Hedgehog. We should probably just be sincere. Um, so I, I thought overall it's good. It's not like anything great or, or going to, you know, change cinema or anything like that. But under the circumstances where there's been only like, you know, 15 movies released all year, <laughs> I think it's probably <laughs> in my top 10. Awesome. I saw the invisible man in theaters it's, I think, good, but not great. I know, like, a lot of my horror fan brethren, like, just are over the moon about it. I don't know why. I think it's a really strong central performance by Elizabeth Moss. And then it's sleeping with the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I mean, if you haven't seen Sleeping with the Enemy, then maybe 
this is going to be completely, you know, your bag. But for me, I was just like, well, I'm a big enough fan of horror and like the Universal Monsters where if they're making another if they're making another Invisible Man movie, I kind of want it to be fun. And that's selfish because it's like what I want versus like the movie they made. So the movie they made is good. It's not exactly what I wanted, but it's fine. Okay. I know um, listening to the latest episode of F This Movie, Patrick and Erica kind of seems to me like they had sort of the same perspective uh, on the film as you did. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think we're all kind of yeah of the same temperature on that one. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. The Invisible Man or Hollow Man? I like Hollow Man better. I would rather watch that. But that's just because it's Paul Verhoeven and he's a madman. Whereas Lee Winnell, I think, is um, he's kind of doing like the James Wan, the Conjuring thing where it's sort of it's it's not like uh, I don't know. I don't know how to put it. It just feels kind of like more for the masses and less and, and kind of safe in a way. Okay. Like it's not, they're trying not to be too disturbing and they're trying to be pretty accessible for like everyone as opposed to just maybe something like when James Wan made Insidious that was more for like people who are really into horror and they didn't really care about, you know, uh, people who are less or who are very casual fans of the genre. Okay. Did you see The Hunt yet? Because I'm that's still on my list. But uh, as more and more people whose opinions I really value, I'm starting to I'm starting to hear spoiler free reviews of the film, and I'm not. I mean, I haven't seen it, so I haven't formed my own opinion. But it's it's like falling down on my list of movies to watch. Have you seen it yet? No. Um, the thing that's keeping me from it is the twenty dollar rental fee because. If it was something where I could have used a reservation on my AMC Stubbs A-list and seen it in theaters, I think I would have. But that's like something I pay $23 a month for and I get to see like 12 movies for that amount. So like I, I have to really want to see something to rent it for 20 bucks. Yeah. So The Hunt just, it didn't like grab me from the marketing. And then when I heard opinions of people that i know come out about it it was like all right well it makes me a little less interested speaking of um movie subscriptions in true dana fashion i finally decided to buckle down and sign up for the regal unlimited pass and i was choosing the 23 dollar option one because it's modeled i think identical to the amc one and i signed up for it and an hour and a half later, I got a, an email from Regal Cinema saying we have closed all locations. And I said, yep, that's exactly how it would work out for me. <laughs> I just finally said, yeah. you know what, I'm going to I'm going to jump back into going to the movies three times a week. And that's exactly what happens. Yeah. Well, that's one thing I, I, I wanted to ask you about is, OK, so say June 1st movie chains say, OK, we think it's safe enough for people to come to go to the movies again. Yes. What are they going to be showing? Well, I don't know, but I, I, you know, I was already asked once, like, are you, Dana, are you going to be trepidatious about going back to the theater? And I said, well, I've been practicing social distancing at the movie theater for 20 years. So, no, I feel good about that. 
But you're right. I don't know what they're going to be showing. I think we're going to see theaters, some theaters, you know, these like the 16 chain or the 16 auditorium theater here in my town, the bane of my existence. But here in my town, I can see them showing, you know, four first runs and then maybe like doing a lot more like, you know, you know, on Sundays when they do the Turner Classic Movie Presents, like I can see them doing a lot more classic films just until, you know, Hollywood gets back up to, you know, their working standard. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not quite sure because like all these movies movies that are from A Quiet Place Part 2, which was supposed to open last Friday, to um, now Wonder Woman 84, which was a June 5th uh, released, have been just taken off the schedule or, or moved entirely. Yeah, no, and I think maybe you'll see... And this is just me thinking out loud right now, because, I mean, look at the number of direct-to-video-on-demand films there are. I mean, yeah. you may see the theaters just pick these up and, and, and probably maybe even help with the marketing costs on them because, you know, these five or six million dollar films, if you want to put one of those into the theater, like a, like Blumhouse, for, for all the movies that re- they release in the theater, they release... 80% more video on demand, it seems like, you know, because you've got to put sync 25, 30, 40 million into marketing if you want to put something theatrical. I, I can envision a, or a scenario where the theaters like pick up some of these VOD movies and say, listen, we'll, we'll split the marketing costs with you on, on these. Like I can see that possibly happening. One thing I think would be interesting, I don't think it'll happen, but I, I, if I were running a studio, I would almost be curious enough to give it a shot is say theoretically they open up theaters again on june 5th which was the day that wonder woman 84 was supposed to come out can you imagine if like say you were the team behind uh let's say um try to think of an example of something coming out later this year uh let's say saw okay that saw movie that yeah. spiral from the book of saw movie if you came out and said, "Okay, well, the first day theaters are open, we're we're gonna rush the, we're gonna push up the release, and we're gonna open Saw that day, and we're gonna have you, you could have like eight screens of Saw to yourself because there's nothing else to show. That thing would gross like Avatar. Yes, it would. Money. <laughs> because people would have nothing else to watch. I would I would go see that in the theater." Guaranteed. Yeah. I mean, you, it would like, yeah, it would be like the movie that united America again was viral <laughs> from the Book of Saw. The Book of Saw. Is that yeah. a thing? I'm sorry, I'm very naive when I ask that. What is the Book of Saw? Is that a thing? I don't know. That was the subtitle of the movie. It was viral colon from the Book of Saw. I mean, they're taking a page from the Chronicles of Narnia. Like, I'm trying to understand this. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing with titles, but that's been a, a growing concern of mine for a very long time. <laughs> okay. uh, anything else you got to recommend? I saw an interesting movie that I'm not sure is a good movie to watch right now, but it was called Color Out of Space. It was a uh, movie that got a limited theatrical run around here um, starring Nicolas Cage. It's based on an H.P. Lovecraft story. It's about a family that encounters a meteorite and then the meteorite causes a lot of problems um, for the family and that whole area. It's really, it's got some really disturbing in- imagery. It's very bleak kind of in like an annihilation type of way. Okay. Yeah. It's good, but I don't know if it's good for right now. Okay. <laughs> um, and then I saw, bl- I saw bloodshot the night before <laughs> uh, I went into isolation and the way I described it, um, 
to Friends is that it's like the third movie on a Vin Diesel four movie pack that you would buy from Walmart. <laughs> so if you go into it with that expectation, I think, and if you're a Vin Diesel fan where like just anything he does amuses you, then you could have fun with it. I'm luckily a pretty big Vin Diesel guy. So like I thought that it was fairly enjoyable, even though I recognize it's not a good movie. I haven't had an opportunity to ask you your reactions to the Fast 9 or the Fast and Furious ninth movie trailer. The I'm sorry, that was the longest movie trailer I've ever seen in my life, by the way, that clock in, clock in at almost four minutes, four and a half minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> um, I... I, I was a giant fan of the series from one through seven fate of the furious broke my heart. And then Hobbs and Shaw like was like a tumor that had to be exercised <laughs> from the body. I like that fast and furious nine looks like they scaled back a little bit, meaning that like, as far as I can tell, the rock is not there. Scott Eastwood's not there. The God's eye device is not there. <laughs> um, Hacking is not there, but um, there's still like the over the top stunts where like cars are swinging off of cliffs to another cliff, and like Charlie's Theron as Cipher has a magnet plane and stuff. So like, <laughs> I'm not so excited about that, but I do, I do miss, I I miss quote unquote my guys. So I'm ready for, I'm ready for Fast and Furious Nine. I can't believe they pushed it back an entire year. That's the type of. That's another one. That could be the Book of Saw, where if they just said, "All right, whatever the first day the theaters are open, they open with Fast and Furious Nine. That movie, like, you don't need to market it. It's just, it's the only game in town. <laughs> it, it. I mean, that would. I would go see that. That's all you have to know. I, is I would go see that. <laughs> I tweeted Universal Pictures and said that I would pay them a hundred dollars if they sent me a link. <laughs> <laughs> it went unreplied. It went. I thought that was pretty, to me, I thought that was a little ominous that they pushed it back a whole year. I was like, yeah. oh my God, dude, does the Universal know something that we don't know? And then, I, because I said to myself, that movie can open up in January. And if people, everyone knows what January is, it could open up in January. It would still make a billion dollars. Like this, I, I think they're so dependent on the uh, foreign territories for, or the international territories for that one, that because... I think Fate of the Furious grossed over a billion dollars and like the US was only 200 something million of it. So yeah. they're really working on international for that one. So I understand that they why they would move it to a full year. It's just disappointing that they that they had to. Well, you know, it's interesting before normally, you know, before we would wrap up, I would always ask you, you know, is there anything you're looking forward to? But I think that's sort of a moot point to ask that question right now because as you've so aptly explained, nothing's coming out. Although let me let me before we go, let me just ask you this one question. Sure. The model that seems to be starting to happen where you're getting these theatrically released movies day and date released, you know, video on demand. I know the price tag is a little high. There's some speculation that this could be you know, the future. And I know a couple years ago when I had Phil Joano on, you know, he explained to me that like that's, he said it's shocking that they're not releasing movies in theater and video on demand at the same day. So what do you think about this model? I mean, obviously it's happening under, 
intense circumstances, but can you envision that happening? I can. Um, there's a couple reasons. One is that I think every studio that's releasing a movie like um, The Invisible Man or The Hunt or um, or or uh, Trolls World Tour when that happens is going to be like really closely looking at how much money they make off of these digital rentals. I don't think that it's going to be for purchase with these movies like it was with bloodshot or the way back where they just kind of said or onward where they're just like, let's just kind of cut our losses here um, and kind of fold the home market with the theatrical market. But I do see like if there, if, if the rental revenue for a movie like the invisible man is close to the box office take for it, then I, I don't know if they would do day and date, but maybe like two weeks after it's released theatrically, they would do that because it's a whole different market yeah. in my eyes because you've got um, or or they could almost treat it like how the dollar theaters were treated back in the day where, um, you know, you you pay twenty dollars, but like a whole family is watching the movie as opposed to just one person. I would still go to the theaters if for no other reason than as we were talking about with the Regal uh, membership or the AMC membership, it's a lot more economical for me to go see it in a theater where I'm paying a, a flat subscription fee than paying $20 per movie just to watch it in the convenience of my home. Yeah. No. So as like kind of an economy of scale, I'm saving a lot more money with kind of going to the theaters to see these things. But it's going to be interesting. I think that th with... With the DVD and Blu-ray market, like the physical media market, kind of becoming more of a niche collector's medium as opposed to where you make a lot of money with new movies, they're they're getting in this case a relatively safe kind of glimpse of what this market could be for them. And I think that if it if it's showing to be you know lucrative, then that could be the new you know, ancillary source of income of revenue for these movies like DVDs used to be. Yeah, no, well said. Absolutely well said. So Adam, if people want to follow you, your work that you do for F This Movie or follow you on social media, how can they do that? Yeah, um, so I write articles weekly and then um, sometimes I'm on podcasts on fthismovie.com. Um, that's the letter F, this movie. Um, and even if I'm not on the show, um, our host, Patrick Bromley, is remarkable and funny and very thoughtful. Um, so I would recommend listening to any episode. And we have a great kind of uh, kind of circle of co-hosts um, other than myself. So I would strongly recommend that. And then if you would like to reach out to me on Twitter, I'm available at Risky, R-I-S-K-E, Adam. Um, and you can find me there. Perfect. Perfect. Excellent. All right. So don't hang up. So Adam, stay safe, my friend. Definitely stay safe up there. And and thank you for doing the show. And uh, for the next foreseeable future, I, I definitely have some time on my hands. So anytime you want to just, you know, hit the record and do an episode or just shoot the shit, man, you, you know how to reach me. So, man, thanks for coming on the show. All right. Perfect. Thanks, Dana. Excellent. And everybody listening, please stay safe. My name is Dana Buckler. And thank you so much for listening.